It's Gonzalo Iguain! No question about it. I am ready to get hurt again. Chris, the Herons are back. (laughs) Welcome to episode number 29 of the Battered Herons podcast. I am one of your hosts, Daniel Granada, alongside me is Chris Duran. And today we have a very special guest, uh, one that remains, I guess, remain anonymous. He doesn't want to show us his face. All good. How are you, sir? I am CF Traveler. Hey, what's up, guys? Thank you for uh, having me on here tonight. It's, you know, a definite pleasure here on a nice Thursday night. It's definitely nice. How are you doing, sir, Chris? I'm doing good, man. You know, we got the traveler on and we're here about to talk some soccer. So let's get it. All right. So before we start talking some current soccer, <laughs> I, I need to ask Mr. Traveler a question. We usually start off when we have a guest, we ask a question or two, you know, just for us to get to know you better and for the people listening and watching to get to know you better. It's Carmen San Diego. Yes. Now, I don't think Carmen San Diego. Traveler, I have a, a serious question for you. And and I, I would really appreciate it if you could just be 100% honest. If I guess it right, you just say I got it right and then we'll move on. Are you really Indiana Vasilev? Uh, I actually am. Uh, that's how I, I get all the information. <laughs> that's why I'm such a big stan of myself. That well, it, it makes complete sense because I've never met somebody that likes Indiana Vasilev as much as you, and it it, it just it, it's mind-boggling <laughs> to me how much of a Indiana Vasilev stan you are. So I figured it, it, this has to be a burner account. Yeah. To be fair, I shortly will be changing my name to uh, St. <laughs> Louis Traveler. Oh, that's how I got all that's the ways. Well, but that's that's what I actually thought. He's actually Phil Neville. <laughs> this that's another been, good one. This has Phil been Neville. the most entertaining first three minutes of a podcast I've ever <laughs> had in my entire life. Now well, he just went from being Indiana Vasilev to now Phil Neville. He just has an American voice changer. Look, it just everybody knows you for having just. Somehow you have like a little inside scoop on things and you seem to travel to all the away games. So it would make sense that one, you either play for the team or you work for the team. Now, I mean, I don't want you obviously to to reveal what you do or who you really are. I, I get that and I respect that. But I still feel like you're Indiana Vasilev with a burner account. But I guess I'll leave that there. Chris, anything for the traveler before we get started? Listen, man, uh, you make huge contribution to the fan base for sure i definitely appreciate all of your insight especially you know coming from me that i wasn't into this team a couple years back getting into to everything that has to do with with inner miami you are definitely one of the 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 best sources that i can get information from so i i give you a lot a lot of credit on that yeah i I appreciate and i say it all the time that you know i'm a fan first i I don't want to be a reporter. I'm not a reporter. I'm a fan at heart. And, you know, whether that be a fan of the team as Phil Neville or a fan of the team as Indiana Vasilev or maybe even Lewis Morgan. I don't even know anymore. Uh, (laughs) That's just what I am. And, you know, I've heard Lewis Morgan speak. No way you can hide that Scottish accent. I just you can give it a chance. I I love how 
I, I love how you're just digging even deeper into it, dude. I just love it, man. I, I love right. it. Well, I love it. Real quick, uh, thank you, Esteban. First time viewer, I, I appreciate you. And he said condolences to the the Charlotte FC fans and players for that. Uh, Anton walks. Um, yeah, that was tragic. Um, he passed away on was it a, a boating accident here in Miami? Yeah, yeah he was um, on a jet ski and got hit by a boater late last night. Ooh. Yeah, that, that that that's that's wild, man. Um, yeah, that, you that know, sucks. And he, he was he was young. He was he played for Atlanta, I believe, a year or two ago. Also, no. Yeah, he was only uh twenty five. Man, that's that's rough, man. Condolences to him and his family. Yeah, and I thought I thought it was a boating accident. I mean, it's you know it uh, just just a a you know a, a player for the Miami Marlins, Jose Fernandez got into a boating accident as well so i thought it some it was something similar or whatnot um but yeah it's truly a shame especially at a young age that's that's rough that's rough for sure condolences well, to the family yeah and thank you esteban for for tuning in um what oh we have one more comment on traveler can't confirm travis is an excellent goalkeeper saw him get a <laughs> bloody nose for the squad that uh, that is a true story uh i oh, went out and and played a pickup game with uh, the Inner Miami podcast crew, and took a couple of balls to the face. It was not Ooh. very pleasant. Full fledged yeah, so diving. Full fledged diving on the turf, and ended up taking a like shot from maybe like a yard or two away directly oh. to the nose. Well, at least I'm it gonna wasn't have to. to the I'm gonna have to maker. contact this Cali person because Cali seems to have the inside scoop on who Traveler really is. So we're going to have to have talk with Cali, Cali after yeah. the show. Maybe he knows but, that he's actually Indiana. I'm not. Indiana ain't diving for anything, man. All right. Um, Actually, you know what? Before we move on, I, I need to know. What is your love for Indiana Vasilev? Because I, I remember Chris also loves Indiana and we went back and forth a couple weeks ago on this, on this, on this podcast. Because I didn't bat an eye when he got drafted. I, I'm not an Indiana Vassala fan. I thought that he was a little overrated by the fans. And last season and the entire season, he scored two goals. They all came in a span of 10 minutes. And he played over 1,000 minutes all, all year long. Why do you love Indiana Vassala so much if you're not him? Uh, so it, it's kind of funny. Uh. I turned around, and the first year was a huge Lewis Morgan fan. I mean, he was oh, my me guy. Oh, he was I, I, met him, I, I met him before the season, too. So, you know, he was just this awesome stand-up guy. And when Lewis left, I, I had already kind of gotten this, like, attraction for Indiana Vasilev and was like, oh, you know, he's oh, different. He's, you know, not the best, most well-known player, but he seems to come up clutch every now and then. And yeah. from there, I just yeah. dove into it. It's very much like my love for Tottenham. It almost started as a joke one day, and well, here I am. Well, I, you know what's funny that you mentioned that it, st it sounded, you know, started as a joke because here, here, Danny thinks I am trying to uh, proclaim my love for Robbie Robinson because I made a twenty-five second clip, and it's funny because I didn't follow the team before last year. And I can understand Danny's point into why he tells me all the time Indiana Vasilev is trash. But like he came up I with I didn't two... say he's trash. I just said he wasn't good. Like, <laughs> I don't know why everybody's 
Look, so many people are like, oh, I'm so glad that he's going to get a shot in St. Louis. I can't wait to go watch him in St. Louis. I'm like, why? He yeah, okay. I wanted to. I really want to. I wanted him. He's good, man. I think he's pretty good. I mean, he's not like a god, right? But like, he's not. He's not trash. Traveler just said he started rooting for him because he was obscure. It, it, you know yeah, what? That, I, I can see uh, that. The thing is, is like Indy that first year was obscure. I mean, he was assigning he, he some that. Yes, yeah, legal. Huh? And, and he was assigning that even you know, Tom Bogert, the you know increasingly legendary uh, MLS in, uh, insider. Even he was like, wow, I didn't expect this move. And from there, I was like, all right, I'm going to like this guy. And then after that, it you know, that late goal against Nashville, I turned around the next game, bought an Indiana Vassilov jersey. No! I was like, all right, (laughs) this is my boy. What are you doing? I, I actually have... A signed Indiana Vasilev jersey uh, right behind me on the wall right now. And then two more uh, Indiana Vasilev jerseys in my closet that I've been wearing during the season. Oh, for sure you're related to him then. For sure. You have to be related to him. I I refuse to believe that you're not related to Indiana Vasilev. Well... The, the chat is going crazy over your Listen, voice changes, I can't let me pay tell you. to this chat, man. It's it's just <laughs> – it is crazy, bro. Using a voice changer, which I could see that. I could definitely see that. And uh, wait, one I want to bring up right here saying that we did him a dishonor by not doing the trumpet. Oh, I yeah, fully agree with that. Oh, oh, yes. That's a great point, Adrian. That would have been awesome. But that would have been awesome if he came in on the 80th minute. Because he does not deserve to be on the field any earlier than that. I wanted to see him the last 50. Look, as a super sub back, you know, 2021, when he would come in late and hit those or score those late goals, awesome. Once he started getting more playing time this year, I I just fell out of love. I mean, I wouldn't say I was in love at any point, but man, I I just did not like seeing him play so much. I, I felt like we had much better players over him. The issue that Indy had last season was we just started to play a formation that didn't naturally fit him in any position. He's an out-and-out winger. That's mm-hmm. where he thrives. And I agree. He was playing the midfield. You know, s- sadly, after that, you know, we shifted to this you know two-striker formation or even a a one-striker formation that didn't have any wide players. So Indy was forced to either be that late substitute where we turned around and oh, changed formations late in the match, or he oh had to play in the midfield like he did against Orlando when he had that fantastic assist to uh, Ariel Aster. Oh, you already had a fantastic. Uh, I'm here with you, Steve. 100%. Vasilev just runs around a lot. That's it. That's his skill. I'm with you. I can't wait to see him run around in St. Louis. Uh, I'm glad that he's not on any team Miami anymore. Honestly, he was a, he was a hustler though, man. He was a hustler. I can't yeah, wait to see him play Miami you. in uh in what nine days? Yeah, nine days we play St. Louis at home in preseason. I look forward to seeing him in that match. Oh, maybe you can get him to sign your St. Louis jersey also. Or maybe he. Signs I haven't it bought himself. that yet. I need a number. You're really gonna buy a St. Louis? In... Wow, you are. Oh, I hey, look. Props to you. 
I, I I don't know how you can support Indiana, but hey, who who I want to know before we get onto the, the today's topics, who is your new obscure? Because I I like that. I think it's cool when you kind of just randomly select like an obscure player to to root for. Like for example, Chris is obsessed with Emerson. I do the same like, thing. Obsessed with Emerson. Who who is your guy this year? Do you have one yet, or you got to just wait to see the first week or two, see how it's going? So. I kind of already decided on one at the end of last season. And Coco? It, well, Coco would make sense. I'm French. So from the second Coco joined, I was like, all right. Uh, I'm either going to be a Benja Kramashi stan or a Robert Taylor stan. It, it's going to be oh, one of those two. Uh, well, I can well, see I, Robert I, Taylor, though. I, no, look, that's name or light. I love Robert Taylor. Uh, I'm all in on him, but Coco, I think would make the most sense. The issue that I've had pointed out to me by a lot of people is I've now fallen madly in love with two players and then they've both been shipped out of the club. So don't be a jinx. at this point. I should be a Damien Lowe Stan and, you know, hope for the best. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. But, um, Oh, you know what you should do? You should like take the next two weeks and just really go in on being a Pizarro fan. <laughs> see, see if that like gives us any luck to move him up. The thing is that I don't really need to do that, considering Pizarro is more likely than not on the way out. Uh, oh, there's not like. really a place just because, and we'll get more into this later in the uh, mm-hmm. podcast where Alp. Oh, it looks increasingly likely that if we want to use that DP slot, it may be on a player like Pozuelo or keep it for later for maybe a marquee signing in the summer. Uh, maybe his name starts in M, ends in I. <sighs> Oof, don't get me excited, sir. We've decided to officially put that to bed on the podcast because I'm tired of talking about it. I've been talking about it for a year now. I'm like, man, I can't keep wasting my time on this because it feels like it makes sense. But then at the same time, it feels like it's just never going to happen. But you know what did happen? The king has arrived to Miami. Joseph Martinez is officially an inter-Miami player. He's rocking the number 17 because nobody of importance has ever worn it before. And I am excited to see him rock (laughs) his pink hair with the team. And I, I, I just... I, when I first heard this rumor going around, my worry was that he was going to be a DP and taking up a DP spot when we have Pizarro holding up another DP spot and Gregory supposedly a, a DP player also. I was like, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't know if he's worth a DP. One, because we don't know too much about how his knee's holding up. And two, everybody has questions about his attitude. And, and you know, he's had a lot of conflicts with prior coaches, whether it be with the Venezuelan national team or even Atlanta. So I was a little worried, but when I found out that it wasn't for a DP contract, I was like, man, if he's getting bought out by Atlanta, you have to get him. And I know that I know that um, Austin was in on him. I know Charlotte was in on him. I think there was one more team that was in on him. But he came to Miami because he loves Miami, Doral, and all that other stuff. And I, I'm, just, I'm just ecstatic. I'm ecstatic to see what he can bring and, and what he still has in the tank. What did you think when we finally got him? Official, official tissue, as you like to say, Chris. Listen, I I think that especially for not having him as a as a DP, I think that's I think that's amazing. I mean, how can you not take advantage of that? No, you you got to take a flyer on that. Yeah, for sure. you have to. You have to. If you don't, I mean, you're you're just 
you're robbing yourself of of a couple more goals and a couple more games that you need right now. Because other than other than Campana, I mean, who else before getting Joseph Martinez could you be able to say that guy's going to give me similar productivity that Campana had last season? No. What do you What do you think, Traveler? I mean, just looking at Joseph Martinez last season, which you know even he admitted wasn't his best season. You know, he came off the bench a lot. He became more yep. of a super sub. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, he turned around, still killed it. You know, he would have had tied second highest amount of goals on the Inter Miami squad last year, and mm-hmm. played significantly less minutes than both Leo Campana and Gonzalo Higuain. So, you know, Josef is a player that Miami's been interested in ever since the end of the season. Uh, We first made contact with Atlanta once the season ended, and it became pretty clear that, you know, he wasn't going to go back there and Atlanta wasn't going to welcome him back. And really at the beginning of January when it became increasingly clear that they were running out of options. We really picked up steam on that. And from the very start, we're his very first choice to come to. Um, Joseph, in 2018 and 2019, he basically scored one goal per game, right? That that was his average, more or less. Every 93 minutes he would score in, in 2018, every 95 minutes, in, I'm sorry, in 2018, and every 95 minutes in 2019. In 2021, when he first came back from his injury, it went up to one every 136 minutes. So every game and a half or so, he would score a goal. And last year, just based off of average, right, just going by the minutes, he scored every 161 minutes. So that's still one every two goals, every two games if he's playing a 490. Uh, is he going to be playing 490s? Maybe towards the end of the season if, if he starts looking a little more fit. I honestly don't even know if he's going to be a starter right off the bat. Uh, I hope he is. But I think they might start him off a little slow, maybe coming in second half, 60th minute, and let Campana honestly start. That's what I honestly believe. I don't know if he's going to be starting right off the bat. Um, I don't know how fit he is. I know I saw a comment pop up. It's a, Everybody's writing in the comments, so I already lost it. But somebody wrote something about how he needs to stay fit and stay away from the Arepas for sure. I, I know he really likes Doral. I know he likes being around Venezuelans. So I really hope that he uh, can stay fit down here. I'm, I'm assuming he is. He's a professional, and he... He kind of wants to prove that he's still that guy. Um, but Trav, do you think he's going to be a starter day one once February 25th rolls around? I do. I think that we're going to roll out that 4-4-2 or 4 triple 2 that we saw at the end of last season and run with Josef uh, and Campana up top. And honestly, just purely on paper, that is arguably one of if not the best striker partnership in the league and you have somebody like Campana who's tall and mobile and has the ability to drop back and receive a ball while you have Josef who's arguably one of the greatest pure finishers in the league and who can make those runs in behind who can oh take a shot from distance he is arguably one of the best finishers in league's history. So I think that partnership up top is what we're going to see from the very beginning this year. And it's one that, you know, it very easily could be the best in the league this year. 
Chris, do you think he's going to be starting? Because my fear is that he might, they might take it slow with him, right? I know last year at some point he, um, he had minor surgery, right, to clean out some debris in his knee. And that has me a little worried. I think he missed like a month because of that. So I don't know how, um, how sure we can be about him running out 90 minutes to start the season. Or maybe, he, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe he starts and then he just gets subbed off. Maybe we change formation mid-game. But how do you feel, Chris? You think he's going to well, be ready to go? I mean, I was wondering, I, I don't think it would be too much an advantage to have him hit, you know, hit the ground running from the beginning. No, I mean, he'd have to sort of cement himself into, I guess, the, the way that the team plays. He'd have to get comfortable with the teammates. Uh, I, I would imagine that he's not going to see as many minutes in the first, you know, two, three games. Like, for example, uh, we were going to talk about preseason. Like, I don't see him seeing pr- too much preseason time not just for the fact that he's got to get acclimated, but I imagine it wouldn't be too much of an advantage either, no? Because, I mean, you you don't want to risk injuring him, playing him, like, early in the season, whether it's preseason, whether it's the first couple games. You know, I, I don't see him playing, like, 80, 90 minutes for the first three games. I, look, I mean, maybe look, I'm wrong. Maybe I'm wrong. Look, I, I'm with you. Coming off of an injury like that, I would assume more or less the same. Again, I'm hoping I'm wrong. I hope Traveler's right on this. I just, I don't, I think that there's a, a solid chance that maybe he comes in late the first game or two. And again, maybe he he balls out in the preseason and looks so good that he changes my mind. But I mean, I would play it safe. I, I'm. We started off the year last year really slow. I don't want to start that slow again. So I want everybody out there that can be out there. But I, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm questioning it. But I do have a question for you guys. It comes from Steve. He wants to know, what do you guys think is the over-under for goals scored by Joseph this season, all competitions? Now, this season, we have well over 40 games with the, with the League's Cup and uh, the U.S. Cup and all those other cups that they got going. What do you think – and let me change that question, over-under. What would be a successful season, do you think, Trav, for, for Joseph as far as goals scored? Uh, I'm putting the baseline at 12. Uh, okay. That's a number that oh, even last year he was only three removed from. And in a season like this where we have a league play, U.S. Open Cup, League's Cup, there's so many games this year that across all competitions, yep. you know, we could with ease play all 50-plus games this year. I think 12 is a very, very easy and reasonable target for him to hit. And and if I'm not mistaken, I think uh, I think Campana had like ten or eleven or twelve, somewhere around that number last season. 11. I mean, only for the MLS, you know, season without counting any of the other stuff. I, I imagine it's going to be somewhere around that that number. I agree with that. I, I could uh, see that somewhere around twelve. Iguain had sixteen, um, but I mean, he really got rolling at the second half of the year. Yeah, honestly. For me, uh, I think Joseph needs to be 15 plus. I, 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 I think that he's capable of that if he is anywhere near where he used to be. That's where my my success barometer is. I think he needs to have 15. I mean, if you're playing 35 to 40 games, right? Because he might miss a game here or there. So if he's playing 35 to 40 games all year, I would say 15 goals is more or less the average that he was going at last year when I told you he scored once every 
almost two games. So I think 15 would be a safe bet. And if he scores less than that, I think I think that would be, to me, a disappointment at least. Um, I, Here, I'm going just to the chat real quick. Uh, let's see. Yeah. Over 12, easy. So a lot of people are saying more or less what you're saying, Trav. 12 goes easy. George went 30 old between them and uh, or between them. So I'm assuming Campana and um, yeah, yeah, between them, it should be 30. I, I would agree. But now my question to you now, Trav, we have Joseph and you say you think that they're going to play with two strikers up top. Like they tried it a couple of times with Iguain and Campana. And I, I mean, obviously it didn't work out because Campana kept getting hurt whenever they finally tried it. But do you think that that works if they don't have Pozuelo behind them? Because I felt like with Pozuelo behind them, I, th- I thought it was perfect. The way Pozuelo could, could lead and kind of pull the strings to that, to that two up top. But if you have, what, Pizarro playing the 10, do you think that works? I think it does. I think, you know, even if Pozuelo doesn't come back, which is, oh, in my opinion, and just from everything I've heard, unlikely, he's very likely going to be coming back. Uh, more likely so. than not on a TAM deal. Yeah. Uh, I think it's still very possible. I think neither of them need a true string puller directly behind them. I think you know if you put a Bryce Duke or a Pizarro or you know, even somebody like a Stefanelli directly behind them, they're going to still thrive just because of how lethal they are as attackers. I, I think a lot of people um, mentioned that Joseph kind of dropped form a bit after his injury. I don't think a lot of people take into consideration that he lost a lot of playmakers in Atlanta also. Like the team as a whole lost its form. And I think that that's also why his production dropped. I think he benefited a lot from playing with Almiron. And he was on a lot of those outlet passes that he would that he would drop right in front of him. Like I think that that also had a lot to do with it. And I'm not saying that he can't do it without somebody feeding him the ball, kind of like he I needed Pozuelo. I'm not saying that, but I think that that would be really beneficial. And I, and I really hope you're right with the Pozuelo end because I think that Pozuelo would make this look even better than it could be without him, if that makes any sense. What do you think, Chris? Well, I mean, it's crazy. We haven't really seen too much coming out of the whole Pozuelo camp, right? I mean, in all the videos that I've seen, I I don't know if maybe I'm just not looking in the right place, but I haven't seen him, like, practice or anything like that. I mean, have, have you have you seen any footage or anything, Traveler, that's that shows that, that he's been practicing or, or, or putting in some time with the team? So technically, Pozuelo cannot put in time with the team right now because, because he's not he is, He's a free agent in every other league but MLS. Uh, but he has been practicing uh, in Miami on his own, and he has been hanging out at the training center. Uh, he's posted photos there. He's been seen there. Uh, so he is still using our facilities. He's just not training with the club right now officially, but he is still very much integrated into the team and uh, being allowed to use our facilities and basically almost acting like a trialist except without playing with the team. I mean, that's so Uh, awkward. Like you're literally standing outside of the fence watching all the big kids play and they don't want to let you in. Yeah, but... 
like he can. That's fine. Look, I'm I'm sure he's not dying to train. Like that. That this is the most boring part of the season. They want to be on the pitch playing. Um, who's taking PKs if we have those two strikers? Uh, neither. It's gonna oh. be either Pazuelo or Jean Mota. Oh, oh no, you're crazy. Danny's favorite. Crazy. Jean Mota. I, I hope. I hope I hope that was a Listen, joke. Listen, he's got the hammer. He's got the hammer. You saw that kick on the volley, boy. He's yeah, got I see hammer. that kick twice a game from midfield. It, it, or this, maybe, guy, this guy drives me crazy. Maybe we'll put your favorite striker, Bryce Duke, on there. Look, don't make Trap think that I don't like Bryce Duke. I love Bryce Duke. I just hate him inside the box. Yeah. Fun fact, he, Bryce Duke uh, once saw me at an airport in Inter-Miami gear. And just out of the blue, I'm like chilling there waiting for my Uber and just walked up to me and he was like, hey, bro, how's it going? I'm like, you're Bryce Duke. What's up, man? <laughs> well, I mean, aren't you teammates, Indiana? No, that is true. Yeah, no, he... It's like, hey, what's thankfully, up, man? We're going to hang out. You sold me yeah, out. Thankfully, he drove me to the airport when I had to go to St. Louis. <laughs> there we go. Um, if, if I had to choose who was taking the PK, I'd go Joseph Martinez. Joseph Martinez is, to me, the best striker in MLS history. Over over Vela, if you want to say Ibrahimovic, just based, based off his European career, I guess. But to me, MLS-wise, I mean, does it get better than Joseph Martinez? I don't think so. So to me, he, he would be taking the, the PKs, even though I know down here we love Campana. I love Campana. I'm rocking my Campana shirt right now. So I love Campana, but, man, I'm, I'd give it to Joseph. I don't know. All right. Um, well, I mean, we, we so, can also say it could be Pizarro because, I mean, we, we don't even know what's going on with him. Like, is is he going to be on the team? Kind of like the question that you asked a little bit earlier, Danny, about Pizarro. Look, I have a question. And I, I don't know if you, you have info on this, Trav. Pizarro, Indiana. I, know he's tra- I, I know he's training with the team. But when I, I'm... I'm obviously deep into the social media thing now. And I don't see Pizarro promoted anywhere. And then I started looking for press conferences because I like to hear what the players say. I looked up Joseph. I looked up some other players. I looked up the coach. I, you know, Hendo. I looked them all up. But I couldn't find anything on Pizarro. He hasn't talked to the media, at least not that I can find. So that sounds to me like there are no plans to keep this guy. But he's training with the team, and I don't think there's many people that want him or at least take him off our hands. So should I expect him to be with the team this year? Or is that something that just probably isn't going to happen and they're just waiting for the right moment to cut ties? I would not expect Pizarro on the team this year. Uh, Chris Henderson made it very clear at the end of last season and right before the Super Draft and all of that that he is not necessarily in our plans, but at the same time, do we want to spend, you know, $3.5 million on paying another player to not play? And oh, Pizarro's no, we can't issue do the Blaze is... Matuidi mascot taking pictures at Brightline. I do not want that. If Pizarro's on yeah. the team, he has to play. And that's the issue is nobody wants him. He had as bad of a last season on loan as possible. And mm-hmm. even if he did ever so slightly better and we offered to uh, sell him for $500,000 to some team, which 
is a massive discount from the $12 million we paid for him. Yeah. Nobody wants him for that because he still wants, you know, $2 million a year. And a lot of yeah. clubs, especially in his native Mexico, are still hurting financially from COVID-19. So right now he's training with the club to maintain fitness and be a part of the group. But I would not expect him to be part of our plans and part of the opening day roster come February 25th. And and I wonder how awkward it must be for Pizarro to return back to the team. Finally, the Iguain is gone, right? The one person that sort of gave him fits in terms of disrupting, I guess, the his flow of yeah. the game or whatever. Because he was the face of the team and he was playing pretty, I don't want to say great. He was an all-star, even though he got somehow onto the all-star team. But for sure, his, his play dipped once Iguain got there. Yeah, but that's and like I said, I mean, imagine how awkward that is. Like you just came back, right? You got Pozuelo who played uh, half a season and made a, a substantial improvement on this team with the same player that he sucked with, Iguain, and now he's back. And guys are looking at him like, "Hey, you're you're making top dollar in this team." Like, you know, that's pretty 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 tough shoes to fill. And I th- and I'm also assuming it's awkward because Phil Neville basically said he didn't want him on the team, not in so many words, but I mean he basically insinuated that Pizarro wasn't part of the future, if I'm not mistaken, last year. And it's not like Pizarro's an idiot; he heard that. That has to be an awkward situation just to be in there, no? Well, and Pizarro's pretty big thing going for him this year will be the fact that when he was last year in, you know, 2021. It was a completely different team. Oh, how many yeah. players remain from that 2020 run roster? And That's most true. notably, yeah, oh, the one player that doesn't remain is the one that he oh, openly had conflict with. I mean, I'm sure a lot of people remember, or maybe not, Pizarro at the end of the 2021 season basically going on Rampage on Twitter and liking tweets that were calling Gonzalo out, retweeting tweets that were calling him out, replying to tweets that were calling him out. I mean, he went absolutely off saying, you know, this guy sucks. It's me or him. And, you know, right now the big thing that Miami's trying to do with him is give him time and say, oh, can you get over those attitude issues that you obviously had when you were here? And can you integrate and be a $3.5 million player for us and occupy a ever so valuable DP slot? Well, I think that if there's any time that's ideal to make that sort of request, it'd be now because the guy's eating crow. Like it's like, it's, it's like what was mentioned just a second ago by Mr. Krabs, right? Scored, scored one whole goal in 30 games with Monterey like no he had a horrible season he had a horrible didn't make season. the Me- didn't getting... make the Me- didn't make the Mexican national team right and so he's been eating crow the last year and a half like if there's any time to make that request where it's like you got to buckle down and and get with the program or or sayonara for you i mean right now is the best time for him to 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 have to do that 
I, I don't think if for some reason we keep him, right? Because I'm, I'm with Trav. I don't think that he's here at the beginning of the season with everything that I've noticed with him not being promoted and just not speaking to the media and all that. I honestly don't think that he's here. But let's say hypothetically he is here. He, to, to me, he needs to play. At one point, he was what they considered a DP quality player, right? They played 12 million, I think it was, to buy him. So that skill is somewhere in there. And if we're going to put him in, at least have him come in late in games, right? I'd rather have him in there if he's getting paid DP money than Coco Jean or, uh, I don't know, Victor Ulloa, even though I know he plays CDM. But I, like, I'd rather have Pizarro out there get some money's worth off of him because I, I can't sit down and watch another Blaze my Tweety out at, Br- at Brightline it just it, it, no way that we can let that happen again. He has yeah. to play if he's on the team. So yeah, and you know the biggest difference between him and Mitchweedy is where they're at with age. their careers. You know, Pizarro ideally has you know another all five to you know seven plus years of playing ahead of him. Mitchweedy was always about to retire, and mm-hmm. you know came here and he didn't retire ahead of that season is because he wanted that fat paycheck one last time. Mm-hmm. Uh, Miami is expensive to live in. And yeah. uh, we turned around, we said, you know, we're going to pay you for you to turn around and I'll show up every now and then so that we can say that, you know, we got our money's worth and you know, that's it. You're not going to play. You're not part of our plans. Well, and and I remember you in the beginning dropping the starts with M, ends with I. I don't know if you saw. I wrote in the chat. Maybe you're talking about Matweedy. <laughs> <laughs> Is that who you were referring to, Traveler? Fun fact: I bought a Matweedy jersey when I oh signed him. God, what? The... <laughs> oh man. Look, no, I mean, I... Well, I saw somewhere somebody said that your jersey collection is crazy, and. <laughs> And let me tell you something. That's where you and Danny might have really something huge in common because Danny has like 7,642 jerseys as well. I do. But that is of all sports and and a bunch of teams that I root for because I root for five uh, sports teams. But Inter-Miami is the only sports team that I am yet to buy a jersey with a name in the back. So I have every single jersey that Inter-Miami's dropped. I have all those special like uh, July 4th and all those jerseys. I get those also. But I am yet to own a jersey with the name in the back because I don't feel like there's anybody that deserves their name on my, my back yet. Uh, and look, Trav, you obviously a lot better on the financial totem pole than I am <laughs> because you're just buying three Indiana Vassilov jerseys for absolutely no reason. But um, I- I'm waiting for that one player that deserves it. I considered it with Pozuelo if he were to sign a long contract. I was like, okay, maybe if Pozuelo signs a long contract, I'll get a Pozuelo. But... Uh, I don't know. I, I yet to have a, a name on the back of my jersey. And it's. I would like to go ahead. Go ahead, Quickly in the chat, uh, Matthew's making fun of me for all the jerseys I have signed and not signed. Uh, I just like to call you out, Matthew. Uh, you have a Bushkets jersey, a Bushkets Inter Miami jersey. No, and, you didn't. Oh, oh he's no! Probably not coming here. Oh, no. Look at this guy. And he said he's proud. Oh, no, Matthew. <laughs> oh, man. What a oh, bad no. one. Well, but, talking about but that, yeah, I guess no, probably got it custom made at the shop and everything. 
He did. No, in, in terms of jerseys, I think I have six signed jerseys, uh, and then another twelve just regular jerseys, and then into my three, blue talking. Yeah, and then three game worn jerseys that I haven't gotten signed yet. Well, now remember- are game worn jerseys all Indiana Vasilev? <laughs> uh, no, so I have. One indie game worn, uh, a Chris McVay game worn, and an Abel Caputo game worn. <laughs> well, technically, since he is Indiana Vasilev, he might have all of his game worn jerseys. So, this is possible. Don't, don't take true. don't take his word. Don't take it with a grain of salt. We're talking to Indiana Vasilev here. All right, uh, Matthew brought up Sergio Bas- Busquets and. Um, I, I want to use that opportunity to jump on to the next topic. Sergio Busquets, midfield, don't know really where he fits if Pozuelo comes back. But I'm hearing rumors that Gregory is being looked at by a Brazilian team. I forgot what team in Brazil. Is there any chance that we lose Gregory? Because if we lose Gregory, Busquets couldn't come until the summertime. What exactly would we do with our defensive midfield? Because we have absolutely – don't tell me Victor Ulloa. Who's going to fill in Gregory's spot if Gregory actually leaves the team? So the big thing to remember that uh, about Gregory is he's no longer playing the number six CDM role. He's playing the uh, number – he kind of traded roles with Jean Mota at the end of last season and since then has played more of a bulldog number eight versus the number six role. And oh, per club sources, we have no intent to sell uh, Gregory. Uh, okay, he's been getting offers for two years now. Back to last off season, we had multiple offers on the table for him, and you know he's our captain. Uh, we would have to get a massive return on what we paid for him, which is about two and a half three million dollars to even consider everything uh any sort of offer for him but everything that i've heard is that he is here for the long run uh he signed until 2026 and we have no intent to get rid of him and that's what um that's why i thought it was odd that i was hearing these rumors because he just got announced as the captain not too long ago i thought it was, it was weird that they would announce him as a captain but then Talk about maybe sending him away. Just a couple, right. I mean, yeah, so I was like, teams. this doesn't make much sense. But it, it did scare me because, I mean, I know Victor Yor is kind of the backup, but I don't want to see Victor Yor starting uh, as a six. And like you said, Mota did kind of switch with him because I felt like Mota ended up being like the um, the release for the, C- the, the center backs. Kind of like he was the one that he did a better job con- uh, connecting Pozuelo to the center backs. Because Gregory just isn't that guy. But I think defensively, Gregory's better back there. I, I still oh, want to yeah. see Gregory playing the sixth role. I think Gregory is uh, more aggressive. Obviously, he pays for that with the yellow cards. But he was, I think he might have been leading the league in tackles at one point last year. And he's yes. doing that. And he had missed like three games. And he was still up there. So I, I, I'd rather see um, – Gregory back at, at the uh, defensive mid than than Mota. I think Mota is is better, uh, maybe more attacking midfield than than defensive midfield. 
Well, and he's got a motor. I mean, Gregory is Gregory is legit running up and down the field. Like that's one guy where I got to give him a lot of credit in terms of playing both sides of the field. I mean, also alongside with Mota, but him, he is just running all the freaking time. Like he he is nonstop. So as a CDM, he is he's gold. You know, um, I don't know. I mean, if there's teams looking at him, I gotta imagine that he's looking for a better paycheck at some point. But he's, you know, he's always shown a love for Inter Miami. He's always spoken highly about Inter Miami. He's always spoken in ways that he's gonna be here long term, like Trav just said. So I I can see that he's not gonna be going anywhere. And, and look, uh, much like Steve just said, I, I think he's pure CDM. Uh, that's where I want to see him. Trav, you comfortable having Mota back there? Uh, I am just because of mm. Mota's ability to play that first line splitting pass. You know, he can take yeah. a pass off of a Damian Lowe or a Chris McVeigh and take the one or two touches to then connect defense to attack. So right. I'm and, more and- than comfortable with Mota there. And you know, I could even see us playing this, you know, four triple two with Mota and Bus and uh, Gregor right next to each other, and let Mota be the guy who's going to play that more of a single pivot, while Gregor is that you know bulldog who's going to turn around and I'll uh, put in a tackle or you know force the ball off and attack a counter off fielder. Yeah. Look I, look, I like Mota coming back to receive the ball because I kind of got tired of seeing Damian Lowe playing striker a couple games. Um, so I kind of I, I like that adjustment, but I'm not I don't know. I, I, I if we're only going to play with one six, I, I want to see um, I want to see Gregory back there over Mota. Although I do understand why they did that because, like you said, he connects those passes. He can make that that first touch a lot better than Gregory could, and 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 obviously, well, and and it works needed. out to what. It works out to what you would love to do is take him further away from the goal, unless he's still going to be striking volleys from like half half the field. Uh, I, I got here, Matthew. You dropped one hundred and seventy dollars on a Busquets jersey. That's on you, buddy. That's on you. I don't. <laughs> that's rough. Um. So, Gregory. Hopefully, we he stays. Now, I, I wanted to get into what we still think that they need. Obviously, we want Pozuelo back. But what is the biggest glaring hole do you think right now on the team? I'll, I'll start off. I think we need a second center back. I think that McVeigh was playing out of position left back. I'm glad that he can now move in to center back because the couple games that he got to play center back, I thought he did a great job. I would love to see him playing center back with Negri at left back, Yedlin at right back. But... I don't dislike Lowe, but I think he was a little inconsistent. So I would like to see Lowe maybe come in as a sub or play those those uh, uh, U.S. Cup games or Open Cup. Like, that's where I, I would like to see him more than anything with Mabika. But I really do think we need a second center back. Trav, what do you think we're, we're, is our biggest glaring hole? So just from conversations I've had with people familiar with the team, uh, mm-hmm. Miami is in the market for a center back. Uh, okay. We do have a 22-year-old from Toronto. I think his name's Nathan Arcolo. Uh, currently here on trial. Uh, Isn't he a six, also- though? 
He's a six and a center back. He can play both. He's a lot like uh, Abel Caputo. Okay. Uh, and then we also are looking at Atletico Madrid center back Felipe as a potential option. Uh, he's currently out of favor there, and Atletico may let him walk for free. So Ooh. we are looking at him as a potential option. Uh, that I hadn't heard. To reinforce the center back corps. So we are still very active. Uh, Miami's nowhere near done this transfer window. But right now, that is Miami's biggest focus is getting another center back. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I think I'm in agreement with you guys in terms of that. I think the most glaring need at this very moment is to fill that that last piece in center back. But and I haven't seen too much of this guy. But are you guys sold on Negrin? Like, wh- what do you think about Negrin, Traveler? Because Look, if there's one person that I have, uh, that I am a fan of, uh, that's very obscure. Let him know. Let him know. It, 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 that it, and and the thing is, it's not just because he's from Broward. Okay, I mean, I've been dying to see him come to let. He's been locked up, right? And I just I haven't seen enough of Negrin to to be sold on him at the left back position. But let him know who you like. Uh, fudge and crackers. I've, the, Noah the Allen. Noah Allen. Yes, Noah Allen. Yes. I, I was going to say freaking Noah's Ark. I don't know what the hell I was going to say. But yes, Noah Allen, I, I've been wanting to see him play. I've been dying to see him play. And, uh, and I think he should be given an opportunity. But we have Negrin coming in. And that's, that's I can understand why he's going to take the starting role. What, what do you think about that, Traveler? Uh, I think Negri is our starting left back from the get-go. Uh, Noah Allen, I'm a big fan of. I refereed him when he was younger, and oh. I personally know more than a few members of his family. But I do think that he needs more time to develop, and that this season he's going to spend a lot of time with the that. second team. And it's less because he can handle MLS it's more he isn't a left he's a left wing back and yeah. in his younger days he played left mid he needs to shore up his defensive aspect as a pure left back so that is what he is probably going to be with the second team this year and that's why we have him on Danny cuz i didn't know oh, any of that sure. That I didn't know any of that. I mean, I had a feeling that he was sort of like left wing back ish, and and if you notice when he did play, he showed a lot of aggression on on offense. So I figured this guy, this guy at some point was playing midfield. I mean, I it couldn't have been that he just started as a left back. But now now I can definitely see everything that you just said. Well, uh, uh, he's much better offensively than he is defensively, and that was always his yeah. weakness. I, I remember that 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 Austin game, that first road game of the year last year, he got cooked. Um, so it, he has a long way to go as far as defense goes, but I think offensively he's great. Like you said, he's more of a wing back than just a, a, a traditional left back. Um, so we have um, Noah Allen, Pembroke Pines legend for sure. So if we can shore up our back line with another center back, I feel like I'd feel pretty good about our back line. I feel good about Drake back there. 
we'd have Gregory, Mota, and then I'm going to leave that, that third spot open for a second. Then we have Joseph, and we have Campana up top. So two open spots. I would like Pozuelo behind Campana and Joseph. And then that third midfield. I have, do you think there's any chance that Bryce Duke gets a little more run? I think that Bryce Duke is very possibly a day one starter. Uh, I think our midfield looks like Jean Mota at the six, uh, Bryce Duke and Jean as the number eight, and then Pozuelo as the 10 with uh, Josef and Campana up top. Which is what I was imagining, and which I I think that would be awesome. I would love that lineup. That would be beautiful. That that's exactly the lineup that I'd love to see. Yeah, that, that that's what I'm hoping for. Now, with this lineup, we're, we're really playing up the middle a little more than we do. Because last year, when the year started, for the first half of the year before Pozuelo, really, we were just playing up the wings, right? It was just put your head down, run up field, and center the ball. Once Pozuelo got here, we started playing up the middle a lot more. What do you think that does to Robert Taylor, Emerson, um, you know, all, all these traditional wing players that, that aren't really uh, a good Lassiter. on the ball, like let's say a Bryce Duke. I think Lasseter can get some minutes at midfield. What do you think that happens? What happens to all those kids? Like, I, I think Emerson might at some point get longed out because I don't see where he fits on this team this year. I think that, you know, Emerson and, you know, to be specific, is going to be with the club this year. Uh, we want to remain very positionally flexible. We want to be able to play a 4-3-3 or a 4-2-3-1. We want to be able to, depending on the match, come out with a different formation and catch our opponents by surprise. And especially when we're going to be playing, you know, 40 to 45 games this year. And those gunners are the best ones to be able to take other teams by surprise as well. Because we're talking about using using their speed and just bringing it at the most opportune times, especially when we have some of our other midfielders that are going to be, you know, uh, tired or maybe recovering from some minor injury or whatnot. So that, yeah, I mean, I think that's, I think that's an incredible, incredible outlook for sure. Well, I think that lineup is, is, I mean, I can't imagine, you know, um, another lineup that I would like more given if Pozolo were to come back, I mean, I think that we'd be cooking with gasoline if we can get that going. Now, we got our first game this Saturday at Drive Pink Stadium. Joseph Martinez is going to get introduced at halftime, so I'm sure that the stadium is going to be packed because everybody's excited to see the team back on the pitch. Everybody's excited to get the first look at Joseph Martinez. Um, are you going to be at the game, Trev? I will be. I actually have sweet tickets for this match. Oh, look at you. Into Miami, two step former player as well. I'm saying, oh, that's awesome. Um, do you think Pizarro gets into this game? Because personally, I I don't, and I think this game will be very telling on what the future holds for Pizarro. Because if he plays, I to me at least, I feel okay, maybe he is going to be on this team. But if you're trying to eventually send him off somewhere else, you don't risk getting him injured. And he cannot play on Saturday. That's that's my opinion. What do you think? 
I think this looks a lot like the game against uh, what was it last year? Universitario. Yes, I think from, that's from what Peru, it. Peru. I think that's what it looks like. Uh, uh, we play uh, some of the first team in the first half, but uh, most of your true day one starters, you know, your Campana, your Josef Martinez, your uh, true, true day one starters who really don't need the minutes. Uh, we have a mm-hmm. lot of other closed doors uh, games coming up. Yeah. Uh, I think a lot of those guys don't play. I think a lot of them don't play until February. Uh, so, you know, I don't think we see Pizarro. I don't think we see Campana. We won't see Josef. Uh, oh, it, that's just where I'm thinking. I think that it's basically our bench per se and Inter Miami CF two starting minus a couple of players like uh, Sean Hundal, who. It looks like he may or may not be returning to IMCF2 next year. Uh, he hasn't returned yet to the club. With all the injuries with Campana, I thought he might get some run last year. Well, this year, you know, the first team is definitely a lot more stacked at that position, you know, between yeah, Stefanelli, yeah, sure. Lasseter, yeah. uh, Robbie Robinson, all these guys that can now play up top as needed. I... I can understand why he may not want to come back. Let Emerson cook. Um, no, I, I could definitely see you have not wanted to come back either. Um, Adrian wants to know if you just invited the entire chat to your suite. Uh, if you guys can find me, if you can point out traveler <laughs> in my suite, I will send you the invite and let security know that you can come through, but it's, it's a game of a uh, fine. Uh, where's Waldo? Carmen San Diego. Yeah, where's Carmen San Diego? Better said, or where's Indiana Vasilev? Just look for Indiana Vasilev. You find him, you got the shoe in. Hey, or Phil Neville, or Chris Henderson, or Phil uh, maybe Neville. I'm Jorge Moss. Yeah, I mean, at this point, <laughs> <laughs> we're winding down. So if you guys have any questions for Trav, just ask him now because we're, we're going to be uh, shutting this down in a second. Um, well, listen. So just I'm, as as a per, as a person that just so you know, like I said, traveler, as a person that's just getting into MLS, especially Inter Miami, um, it, it's been it's been really good to kind of gather some of the information that you have because uh, a lot of the viewpoints, you know, you you pick up things here and there, but but you've been very informal and stuff, and um, and and I'll tell you this much. Uh, Anybody that's listening or watching, I you have to follow IMCF Traveler. You have to follow sure. him because he, he is a, a barrel of information. He is. And um and I don't think we we uh we explained to Traveler or anybody in the chat just yeah, just in case this is the first time you listen to us, because I know somebody said that this is the first time that they that they're listening live. Um Chris actually wasn't a big soccer fan before last season. I took him to his first game in 2021. It was the game where we beat Cincy. I think it was 5-1. <laughs> and, yeah, he, he ended up going to the only good game that season where we scored five goals. He fell in love with it. He became a season ticket holder soon thereafter. He went to all the games last year. And um, so, he's like I said, he's relatively new to the, to the, to the sport and to the team. But that makes this yeah. all the better when we do this podcast because it's almost like two perspectives. 
I've watched him in soccer all my life. He's relatively new. So we kind of bring a new perspective. But yeah, so just in case you didn't know the backstory there, that's why he loves you so much, Trav, because you're giving yes. him all the insights that he didn't have before this. Correct. You're making me sound a lot more knowledgeable than I actually am. <laughs> no, and I, and I appreciate it. And, you know, as I've always said, I'm a fan first. I'm not a reporter. I paid sadly to you know, do what I do. Uh, <laughs> e even though if there's any sponsors listening, uh, Traveler Chat's looking for some sponsors this year. Uh, there you go. You know, that, that's what makes it, you know, fun and easy to do what I do is yeah. I interact with so many great people every day and whether it be at matches or online it just makes everything worthwhile and oh it's been great to come on here with you guys tonight and oh i'm sure at some point this season you guys will probably invite me back unless i was horrible which there's a great chance no no so. you were awesome no you were awesome uh, no, you were you know so it, it just and if you makes want to reveal yourself to me easy. Or to us, if you ever want to reveal yourself to us, we sit opposite from the supporter side, right behind the goal. Yeah. If you see two guys being assholes and just heckling the opposing goalkeeper, that's, that's us. That's probably us. So if you ever want to take a look down from your suite to us peasants down below, <laughs> you can spot us and come and reveal yourself whenever you'd like. Well, well you have to remember that it's actually looking up uh, the suite. That's right. Level. Oh, that's, that's right. right. That's I mean, right. come on. I mean, Danny, you didn't My know. Fault. You don't remember the nice I, couches with the TV. And I, I've the never been and... out there. No, sir. I am. I am. Like I said, a peasant. Well, I, I wanted to bring this up because I, I, I know it, it made Trav <laughs> laugh and it made me burst. Uh, Trav's logo isn't really an airplane. It's actually a dildo. Stay woke, Kings. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was that was gold. This guy, Steve, has been on it today. Uh, and he's got a question also for you, Trav, if you've uh, heard of any other players in the grapevine that Inner is trying to bring in. So if you got any scoops, drop them right here. So Miami has still talked to Alex Collins, uh, the center back from NYCFC. At oh, this man, time, it's dream. he signs here purely due to MLS rules. Uh, MLS yeah, rules I saw that. that you cannot sign a free agent from another club to more than, I believe it's 10% or 15% more than they made in the previous season. Collins is worth more than, I believe it's $976,000. And he knows that. Uh, in all likelihood, he will be staying with the Manchester City oil money uh, group of clubs. And will be going to the same club as uh, Tati Castellanos did in Spain. Uh, other than that, there's a couple of MLS targets that the club is looking at. None of them are too advanced to really speak on right now. Uh, and if they're any good, that, they'll end up on LAFC anyway. That is true. <laughs> on a good old TAM quotation. Yeah. <laughs> on another TAM. Mm -hmm. Uh, they have like infinite Tams. Miami has talked to one player out of Brazil, Mauricio. Uh, at this oh, time, yes. it's unlikely that Mauricio will be signing for us. Uh, he has instead received multiple offers from Europe and will likely be taking one of those. Uh, I've heard that at this point, 
uh, Arsenal is actually the club in the lead. So, you know, that's a massive downgrade for him on us. So I really wish him all the best. He's going to need it. Yeah. Well, Uh, and then we got these three names. We got these three names down here. Any of these players getting moved this season, Marsman, Ascona, or Robbie. I definitely can see Robbie getting moved. I feel like if any of those three players, I mean, maybe other than Ascona, but Robbie, to me, screams out potential, right? Like in terms of what he can potentially bring to another another club. So to me, Robbie out of those three are the, is the one that can possibly get moved. What do you think, Danny? Uh, I would say Marsman, honestly. Uh that I I mean I'm sure he's unhappy that he lost his spot last year and <coughs> I don't see Drake giving up that spot anytime soon. Um I can see Marsman getting moved. Trav, what, what's the inside? Uh Miami has shopped Robbie Robinson this offseason, uh most notably to Charlotte FC, which is his hometown. Uh and has been working with him to find a solution. He's Stuck down the depth chart here. He can't really play on the wing anymore here because we're not playing a formation with wings. We brought in strikers, you know, Coco Jean mm-hmm. and uh, Stefanelli. So he is a player that very likely could be on the move. Uh, Nick Marsman, the club, looked to move this offseason, and it, it's just really tough for him. And because his wife he's is hot, on, apparently. She is very hot. I recommend uh, checking out that Instagram page when you're done. Uh, He is somebody that is on very high wages, so it's hard to keep him in the league. And, oh, clubs in his native Netherlands are also kind of balking at his salary demands. Well, Danny, before you, because I see you typing over there, so I imagine you are immediately searching for Marsman's wife. <laughs> but before we get to the, before we get to that, I, I do remember you just reminded me. Um, Callie mentioned for me to bring up what I discussed last week, and I'm just gonna drop this in here. Uh, my time. What Brett's? What I'm, I'm bringing up this uh, this photo that I brought up last week with the meat the bread and the oh, coffee. God. We're just going to get down to the nitty gritty. We're not even going to go through the meat or the coffee. So traveler, please don't tell me that you are putting your bread over a candle. What's, what's the selection going to be one, two, three, four, five, or six on the bread. So I actually got into an argument with uh, my best friend and roommate this morning about this. Uh, I'm number four. Uh, she likes it number two, and I know a couple of people who are number five. If you do number six, you're a psychopath. <laughs> yeah. And if you do number one, it, it that's bread at that point. Yeah. Number and two is bread also. The, it, it, it's lightly toasted bread. It's lightly uh, put over a candle. And then yeah. I'll, I'll comment on the steak and the coffee. Why not? Yeah, go uh, ahead. Give it to me. Steak is number two all the time. Okay. And then coffee is A. I, I love my coffee black. Ooh. I don't know, man. I, I, I Listen, when it comes to the bread, if it's not three, four, or five, get out of here. Like, four uh, is be. the perfect. Four is the perfect, 
right? But I like it a little more crunchy. I like that thing to shatter a little bit when I'm eating my sandwiches. I don't know. I, I mean, you I'm trying not bread? to like. Uh, I'm trying not to like bleed out my mouth, so you know, that's why I'm not <laughs> saying like five. Well, look at Matthew picking number four for me. Like, what are you doing, bro? You getting well, your meat la carreta? That, he he has uh, twelve, so I assume that's just how his mom cooks <laughs> it for him. <laughs> he has a strong ass jaw. I'll tell you that. <clears throat> See, I All I right. can get behind Adrian because he picked five on the bread. You're good, man. All right. Well. Thank you guys for joining. Oh wait, and I and I saw something up ahead that I wanted to to uh, up on the chat that I wanted to put out there. Uh, the chat is active because we're all part of the Inter Miami Podcast Crew Discord. Inter Miami Podcast, those guys are awesome. I listen to them all the time. So definitely, if you're watching and listening, join their Discord because obviously you saw the the chat jump in today. Awesome, and these guys listen, are all funny. So. A good time. I mentioned I mentioned to Danny that I wanted to jump on the Discord, but the fact that my 15-year-old daughter has Discord really scares me to enter into that world. But I, I'm I promise I'm young and I don't even know how to use Discord, and these Ooh, guys have thank you. I'm I'm so glad somehow. you said that because I was about to say I'm not sure how to use Discord. And I and that I feel like that ages me just saying it, but I, I don't. Well, I mean, it's like I said, my 15-year-old daughter has it, so that already scares me enough. Like, she's the one that uses I told her, hey, I'm thinking about downloading Discord. She's like, you better not. You better not friend me. Get out of here, bro. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, I, I feel like uh, like an ancient person saying that, but, I mean, it's true. I have no idea how to use Discord. Um, but, I mean, everybody talks about it. It sounds like it's fun, so yes. maybe I'll, I'll try to give it a shot. All right, well, again, Trav... I can't thank you enough for joining us. It was awesome. We had a great time. And um, and thank you, man. Thank you. I really appreciate your time. And for everybody on the chat. Yeah, thanks for having me. And, you know, I uh, everybody knows where to follow me at IMCF Traveler on Twitter. Uh, I'm in the Inner Miami Podcast Discord, typically cracking jokes and calling Matthew 12 in there. So, you know, it's uh, always a great time. Yeah. Oh, damn. Steve's 38 and he knows how to use it. I'm 37. I got to get on. Oh, damn man. It. Yeah. No, <laughs> he's a year older than me. I got to get on it. Forget it. We're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, anything else for the people, Chris? No, man. This has been a great episode. We want to thank everybody for getting involved. For sure, Traveler. Thank you for joining us. And off to next week where maybe we might get Cali to represent his terrible taste in bread. <laughs> <laughs> all right well thank you guys for tuning in to episode number 29 if you were on youtube or if you're listening on the audio podcast we appreciate you and uh we'll catch you guys next week on episode number 30 have a good one later <laughs>